Hello, everyone. In my last message, I gave three images that I would like us to consider as metaphors for the kind of church that we should be for God. The first one is an emergency room for the spiritually sick. The second image is lights that reveal what we are seeking and can attract others. And the last image is treasure chests that hold the precious treasure in Jesus. For us to be a church that exemplifies those images requires us to be committed. And I even suggested that being desperate might be the best motivation to overcome our tendency to lukewarmness or apathy, to seek after God with all of our heart, soul, and mind. For this to be relevant, do you know what it means to even be desperate? When was the last time you felt this way? Recently, uh, when I was trying to get into my house, my key got stuck in the front door. I didn't panic because I consider myself kind of a handy handyman around the house. And I proudly think I'm an amateur DIY kind of guy. For those who don't know that abbreviation, it stands for do-it-yourselfer. So I thought to myself, how hard can this be? I can fix this. I mean, I'm good with my hands. But many times I can act before thinking. And that's not the wisest thing to do. I successfully unscrewed the lock cylinder from my door. And while thinking twice, I tried to pull the key out really fast. Well, the key came out, but it was still stuck to the tumbler cylinder. And when I pulled it out from its sleeve, all the internal pins went flying. As your pastor, I cannot repeat what words were also flying out of my mouth when I saw 10 tiny metal pins all over the floor. In that situation, I had three options to consider. First one, call a locksmith to bail me out. Go to Home Depot and buy a new lock set. Or the third choice would be being frugal and stubborn. I went with the current day solution. And that is, go to YouTube. And not surprisingly, there are dummies like me who do stupid things that get them into trouble and post their solutions for others to learn from. And from those YouTube videos, I figured out how to put my door lock back together. And thankfully, it's working perfectly now. Actually, better than before. So who do you turn to when you are in a desperate situation? And not all problems can be solved on YouTube. In a moment, we are going to look at a woman who had been suffering for many years and in her desperation turned to Jesus. We are still settling in, so our visual technology is not up and running yet. So we're going old school. If you have your Bibles, let's turn together to Luke 8, verse 43 to 48. Beginning with verse 43, I read, And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touch me. I know that power has, come, has gone out from me. Then a woman, seeking that she could, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. 
In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. And that is the word of the Lord. Before we dive into this passage, let me pray for us. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we invite you, your presence to be with us this day and every day. For those who are struggling right at this moment, maybe in pain and hurting, may you bring healing through the Holy Spirit to them now. You are a great God, faithful to your people throughout the generations. Will you open our eyes, our ears, our minds, and especially our hearts to what you will have for us this day. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you. Amen. From Luke 8, the bleeding woman in this passage demonstrated a faith that willingly takes extraordinary risks. This woman was for sure desperate. She, according to scripture, has been suffering this bleeding condition for a long time, 12 years to be exact. And some parallel passages said she was financially broke from paying doctors for treatments that have not cured her of her problem. And now her last hope was Jesus, who she, like everybody else, must have heard was performing amazing healings throughout the area as Jesus moved from one place to another, teaching about the kingdom of God. This woman, who is unnamed, risked tremendous danger to herself, fighting the crowds to reach Jesus, maybe even being stepped on as she was crawling on the ground to get to Jesus' cloak hem. She broke the rules of her time to get her healing from Jesus. What she did here could get her severely punished, but she didn't care because her life was already miserable. It couldn't get any worse, and she was at her wit's end because, you know, Desperate times call for desperate measures. You have to understand, there were very strict Jewish laws back in those days. And we get this in the context of Leviticus 15, verse 25 to 27. The verses read, When a woman has a discharge of blood for many days at a time, other than her monthly period, or has a discharge that continues beyond her period, she will be unclean as long as she has the discharge just as in the days of her period. Any bed she lies on while her discharge continues will be unclean, as is her bed during her monthly period. And anything she sits on will be unclean, as during her period. Anyone who touches them will be unclean. They must wash their clothes and bathe with water, and they will be unclean till evening. Over and over again, this law from Leviticus used the word unclean for women who are bleeding even for what would be their normal monthly period. Imagine this woman who was constantly bleeding and the requirement to isolate herself because she was considered unclean by her culture. She essentially was an outcast from her community, a reject. And Jesus was a teacher. Some called him rabbi. So he was considered clean by Jewish standards. For him to be touched by a bleeding woman would make him unclean and totally against the law. And this woman's bleeding condition made her unclean to everyone around her, so intentionally exposing the crowd to her uncleanliness as she was trying to reach Jesus was a big no-no, a crime punishable by law. It would be like you had COVID, 
but still went to church and exposed people in service. And I'm not saying anyone would do that here, right? That's why in her desperation, she tried to get her healing secretly without being noticed. She could not openly approach Jesus and ask him face to face. Instead, she likely crawled on the ground, fighting the people and tried to reach between their legs to touch the hem of the cloak that Jesus was wearing. Imagine trying to fight the crowds and the secret service to put your hands on the president of the United States. Not likely to happen. And if you don't appreciate that illustration, how about trying to grab Jungkook or Jimin of K-pop boy band BTS as they arrive at the airport? Again, not likely to happen with the tight security that's going to be around them. But this bleeding woman was persistent, fought through the crowd, knowing full well she was breaking the law and touched Jesus from behind. To her credit, she demonstrated a faith that takes risk. So a question I want us all to think about, how is your faith today? And are you able to take risks to meet up with Jesus? Today, we can now worship in our new church. But you know, buying this building is risky. We empty the coffers to do so, and that makes some of us kind of uncomfortable. Having that money in the bank, honestly, kind of made us comfortable and maybe not so dependent on God. But we have faith that God will provide if we are obedient to his plan for our church. Like the bleeding woman in our discomfort, we trust God will comfort us if we risk much to come to him. Next, I see the bleeding woman had a faith that gets Jesus' total undivided attention. Verse 45, 46 says, Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. I know that power has gone out for me. Now, by uh, now, everyone had heard about the miracles and healings Jesus was performing. The scripture tells us people were pressing up against Jesus. Basically, it was being swarmed by the crowds. Actually, the word for pressing in verse 45 might actually be more accurately translated suffocating, implying where people were pushing up against one another, kind of like being in a mosh pit with everyone piling on each other making it very hard to even breathe. Of all the people pressing to Jesus, Jesus knows this is one specific person who had apparently touched him and received power from him. Jesus asked, who touched me? Now, that's kind of a dumb question. I mean, Jesus is God, so he knows everything. But he asked, who touched me? Imagine the disciples thinking, what is Jesus talking about? There's a lot of people touching you. So how did Jesus know specifically the bleeding woman secretly touched him? What made her distinct from the rest of the crowd? Well, let's look closer at the word used for touch in verse 45. The Greek word here for touch is hopto, means more like cling to, fasten to, or hold fast. Now, where have you recently heard those same words, to hold fast? Well, in my message, Moving Forward in Obedience, a few weeks ago, I read from Joshua 23, verses 6 to 8, 
Be very strong. Be careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law of Moses without turning aside to the right or to the left. Verse 7, do not associate with these nations that remain among you. Do not invoke the names of all their gods or swear by them. You must not serve them or bow down to them. And catch this in verse 8, but you are to hold fast to the Lord your God as you have unto now. What Jesus really was asking the crowd in Luke 8 was, who hapto, or translated fastened to me, clung to me, with their whole being in unwavering faith. So a question for all of us to ponder. Are you holding fast to Jesus? Or are you clinging to something else in place of him? This woman was in desperate straits, and this was her absolute last option, an opportunity to escape her situation. So she clung to God in faith. And that got, that got Jesus' total attention. So much so that Jesus stopped to call her out. Jesus is never in a rush. He is not hurried. Desperate faith that is genuine gets his undivided attention. Jesus took the time to stop and to listen to this woman's story. And that should give all of us great hope that even in a crowd of voices, God will hear your cries for help and healing when you earnestly come to him. And something also encouraging for us to note is that this bleeding woman had a faith that is not perfect. This woman, from the scriptures, apparently believed in a popular superstition of that day that the things of a person with special powers, that the power was also transmitted to their things, like in this particular case, Jesus' clothes. The scripture tells us that she reached out to touch the fringe or helm of Jesus' cloak. Yet with her imperfect faith of all the people putting their hands on Jesus, this bleeding woman was the only one who truly touched Jesus. Her faith was so powerful that it reached God more deeply than anyone else in the crowd. Her authentic faith led to her healing. Although Jesus knew that her faith was mixed with superstition, he met her where she was at. Even in its imperfection, her faith was acceptable demonstrating God's great love for his people, even imperfect faith moves God. As a pastor, I often hear people feel they cannot go to God because they think they need to be perfect. And that's totally wrong and untrue. God loves us so much that even in our messiness and brokenness, he finds us worthy to save. Last week, I shared the illustration that flies are attracted to lights. Well, flies are also attracted to something that rhymes with coop. Praise God, Jesus has no problem dwelling among people who stink like you and me. I mean, we see the perfect example here where Jesus met with the bleeding woman, which would be scandalous back then. But that did not stop Jesus. Jesus does not demand perfection from us because his perfection is sufficient for us. God just wants an abiding, deep faith from us that makes us want to obey him. And finally, the bleeding woman had a faith that brings complete healing. Verse 44 tells us, as soon as she touched Jesus, her, her bleeding stopped immediately. But she got more than just physical healing. Jesus called her out not to embarrass her, but for the crowd to hear her story. 
basically her testimony for them to know she was healed completely by God, not just physically, but also socially and eternally, a complete healing. Verse 47 to 48 tells us, Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In, in the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then she said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Because of the Jewish rules about bleeding and the social stigma associated with being diseased, she was not able to enjoy normal human relationships like everybody else. For sure, she was isolated from her religious community, and there was a belief that sickness was God's way of punishing people, so she was likely ostracized by her own family. Even her father probably rejected her. As a woman in that society, this was an extremely vulnerable place to be. But when Jesus called her daughter, he was restoring her in front of her community. Jesus assured her that she belonged to him. Jesus was saying he was now her spiritual father. No longer was she defined by her disease. No longer would she need to be in isolation, making her invisible in her society. Her physical healing, along with her newfound identity in Christ, let her return to her community to worship with others, to work, and possibly even to start her own family now. But that's not all. Jesus says to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. And this might actually be better translated, go into peace. Most importantly, this final command by Jesus, go in peace, meant she not only received physical healing, but also she received salvation. The Hebrew word for peace is shalom, which implies wholeness or completeness. And the place for total peace is heaven. And salvation is the ticket into heaven, into peace. I invite you to make Jesus your Savior. You can have that wholeness or peace through him for an eternity. And that is a most wonderful treasure to have. Are you desperately seeking healing? Are you like the bleeding woman? If you are, go to Jesus and tell your story to him. This morning, we saw a desperate woman who was seeking healing. She took tremendous risks to reach Jesus, and her desperation got Jesus' full attention. His encounter with her likely caused a scandal, but Jesus ignored the criticism of hanging out with sinners and healed the bleeding woman completely. Desperate faith gets scandalous grace. Again, desperate faith gets scandalous grace. So I invite you to, if you like to receive prayer, if you desire healing, we would love to pray for you. All you have to do is send your request to us and you can find how to get a hold of us on our website and we will ask God for healing for you. There's a beautiful worship song, The Scandal of Grace, that has these lyrics. The day and its trouble shall come. I know that your strength is enough. The scandal of grace, you died in my place, so my soul will live. And it's all because of you, Jesus. It's all because of you, Jesus. It's all because of your love that my soul will live. My hope and prayer is those words will be your true response to Jesus, who loves you dearly 
that he went to the cross for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in this room, I know people are here hurting, suffering, and pain, and are feeling desperate. Thank you that you hear our cries when we desperately come to you. Come, Holy Spirit, bring healing, peace, and comfort to those desiring to touch Jesus. Desperate faith gets scandalous grace. That is our hope and our prayer. And I pray this in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.